This is a Lawful Stupid RPG production. Hail and well met, and welcome to Dragonlance Echoes of Kryn, Dragons of the Hidden Flood, a D&D podcast presented by Lawful Stupid RPG. This podcast is an actual game of 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons, played by a group of friends, professional performers, and voice actors with a passion for role-playing, improvisational storytelling, and dice rolling. We'll begin in just a moment, but first, our players. Hello, I'm Jade, and I'm one of the founders of Lawful Stupid RPG. I've been a huge Dragonlance fan since the beginning, and producing this podcast has been a dream come true for me. I will be playing the dwarf of the party named Farin, and I hope the stories we tell sparkle in your hearts like the brightest gems Ryok's ever dreamed of. I am Panda. I am a Twitch streamer who goes by the username Cirque Panda, And I'm playing Tealy Tumblewood, your resident kender who will try only a little bit not to annoy you. Howdy, my name is Samus. I am a professional opera singer and I am playing the mysterious and slightly grumpy one-armed archer who calls himself Onweir. Hello, I am Chael, and I am not an opera singer, and I will be playing Blip with her awesome animal companion, Dinner, the amazing barbarian duo. Greetings, I'm Chops. I'm a Vegas showman as well as a ghost hunter, and I'll be playing Lhasa, a half-elven wizard who will prove his worth to the world. Hello, I am Lindsay Rousseau. I am a voice actor and host of the rollout on YouTube. And I am playing Manto Bubulina, who has a dark secret that only my best friend Blip knows. And I'm Mr. Eager DM. I'm here to guide and to follow. Now, I invite you all to step with me into fantasy. And for our time together, let imagination rule. (coughs) Rhymes are hard. A walking song by Teely Tumblewood. Out in the world, just as foretold, no one by my side, just me. I follow the tracks and curious paths, new places to know, finally. I skip and skip stones as the river flows, babbles and burbles with glee. Trials ahead, for so I have read, adventures will come, wait and see. The mountains were fun, but now I've begun to wander in lands wide and free. A traveling singer on the path of Trap Springer, adorably clever is she. Can't go to Gwynedd, they don't want me in it? A silly mistake that must be. With stealthy disguises, no anger arises. My top knot is staying with me. It's fun to keep yapping, though no one is clapping. I guess I'll admit I'm lonely. But I'll just keep on humming. A new day is coming. Um, rhymes are hard. Last time, miraculously unharmed after the collapse of the Teatro Spire, the adventurers took a moment to orient themselves. They had fallen into a dark subterranean cavern beneath Gwynedd, and after a brief investigation, discovered a natural fissure which Teely set out to explore, 
leaving the rest of the group behind. What does anybody else wish to do? Uh, Arnweir, is it? That's right. What have you found there, is it? <laughs> I'm bare-chested. I can't defend myself. This sword's a bit... It's a, it's a bit too much. Does any of the armor look like it would fit a dwarf? Any of the residual armor that we found down here? Not well, but possibly. Certainly better than being bare-chested. Try some of these, Farron. It won't be ideal, but it'll be better than nothing. And swords. Monto, yes? This would be much better than the club you were using. And I will hand Monto one of the swords. Thank you, my friend. This is much more effective. I'm assuming this is just a plain old short sword? A normal short sword, yes. Normal short sword, thank you. This armor that's been handed to you, Farron, you can tell that the outside of it is essentially just plaster, but with a few hard knocks from a blade or knocking it against the stone, you're able to knock off all of the extra bits on the outside, leaving, frankly, a pretty poor example of ring mail. But it is armor. A bit rusted, a bit rotted in a few places, but certainly better than nothing at all. This will do, actually. And I'll pick up something that resembles a great club, if I can. There is definitely pieces of wood and broken timbers and such that you could use. You look around and find something that is appropriate. You're able to use a blade to carve a very rudimentary handle to it, and you've got a great club. Does anybody take the short bow with arrows? Oh, yeah, I, I will pick that up. Okay. As you situate yourselves getting armed and armored, Tealy, you leave the group behind, stepping into a world illumined only about five feet around you by your little candle as you walk into the darkness. After about six feet, all you can hear behind you is the occasional echo and muffled sound of people talking. What do you do? I keep going. All right, just one foot in front of the other? Yeah, for all I know, this head's outside. You're just walking, you're, you're not... Yeah, it could lead to treasure. Okay, got it. So, blithely moving into the crevice, you move around a slight curve and come face to face with four large weasel rat sort of creatures that look up eyes glowing white in the light from your candle as they look at you and move around each other and squirm and then bare their teeth at you. Oh, hi, little friends. I raise my spare hand and wave it towards them. Oh, that's all right. You don't have to be scared. Do you live down here? 
they just hiss and, and then a few more come and join them. These long nosed and long bodied picture a cross between a rat and a dachshund. Oh, you have such a nice family. Oh, they're beautiful. Are they your kids? Oh, I love them. They are so cute. They are giving you many signals to not approach. I don't continue further while they're there, but I, I'm not retreating. May I go past? And I take my left foot and I just slowly move it forward towards them, seeing if I'm kind of testing the waters. All right. And I look to how they respond. If they back away or if they continue. Make an animal handling check. Oh, goodness. <laughs> That's a 10. As you move a little closer, their hissing and squeeing gets even more intense. You see a large one rear up behind the rest, hissing at you. Okay. I take a hint. I can understand. Um, but I really want to get past you guys. I... Do I think I can take these guys on? <laughs> How big are they in comparison to myself? <laughs> what weapons do you have? I have my hoopak and I have two daggers. There are a total of four of these creatures. Right. Three of them are, as I said, a cross between dachshunds and large rats. Go ahead and make a nature check for me. Right. <laughs> oh no, that's a four. We'll miss you, Teely. You have no idea what these are, but the large one in particular looks like it might be a pretty tough customer. Okay. You're gonna be dinner. I lift up one of the furrows of my skirt, open another pouch that emits a somewhat foul smell of rotting food, and I take a little pinch of some dried meat, and I just hold it up, and I say, Do you guys want this? And I throw it. The hissing immediately stops. They get low to the ground, moving over one another, taking turns, taking a few steps towards you, and then backing away as their little noses sniff the air. What is this food that you have held out? It's a piece of dried meat, but it is incredibly old, to the point it's almost flaking off, and doesn't smell good at all in any way. Well, you're really selling it. I am indeed. They seem to be interested, regardless. I throw it off to see if they go after it. They do. Some of them, at least. Make a... Let's see here. What would this be? A friendship roll. A roll of friendship. <laughs> a friendship roll. Since you didn't do so well on the animal handling check, I'm going to make this a dexterity check. Make a ranged attack. This is going to be all about how close to them you throw the food, judging the distance of where the food needs to land in order to 
get their interest and clear the way for you. How do you feel about a persuasion? Uh, a persuasion would work if they spoke your language. Oh, that's so true. Um, I'm not sure what my throne would be. Am I throwing? I th think it's just my decks, right? Yeah, so you would roll a d20 and add your dexterity modifier. That is 13. Not bad. We're not talking about throwing a bullseye at 100 paces. You lob this food in a nice, easy arc, and it lands a few feet behind the creatures. They jump and start as some of them were able to follow it as it moved, but the rest were surprised by the fall, but they all immediately scramble towards it, nipping at each other, and they leave the way open for you. Thank you, little guys. Hey nod my head towards them and I continue onwards. After a few more steps, the crack opens up into a wide space. You see in front of you a very large and stately set of stone-carved stairs leading up from where you are into darkness. Oh. Oh, wow. The air smells dusty. Mostly what you smell is the smell of the mushrooms, but it's not as intense here as you look out and immediately realize that your little light is not even getting close to reaching the expanse of the walls of where you are. I take a moment and look back at the crack in the wall that I just came out of. DM, would any of my companions be able to fit through this crack? Not as easily as you, but it wasn't so small that widest among you would probably have been Farron, and Farron would still have been able to fit. I, as a last ditch attempt, try and see if I have anything that I can catch light onto to make a bigger flame than just on my candle. So you're just going to trust to the luck of the Kender to see if you've got what you need in your pouch. I will do as I can. It's a D100, correct? Roll a D100 and we'll see what you find. That is 86. 86. Now in my games, anything over an 80 is usually good. So you reach into your pouches and you feel around bit of string well, that could technically be on fire but it wouldn't last for very long you reach into another pouch and find bottle empty and then you find a small vial of oil hmm I <laughs> the only thing I can think about putting that on is my hoopak and I'm not doing that I will keep the oil okay for safekeeping put it in a pocket that I know I can definitely get it, get to it more easily. I'm sure you'll have no problem finding it again. Indeed. And with a heavy sigh, I begin to head back to my companions. All right. You once again encounter the Funo, or these creatures that are in the crevice. They have resumed their spot. It seems that they have a nest right in the middle of this little passageway that you have discovered. As you approach, they see your light again and they begin to hiss and spit at you. I begin to pull out another bit of spoiled meat from a pouch and throw again. They know what's coming. You throw the meat and they all scamper after it and you are able to pass through. 
After a while, everybody is about to ask the question, what happened to the Kender? Does anybody have anything they want to do before Tealy reappears? I'd like to take the opportunity to take some samples of these mushrooms for further investigation. I, I, I'm worried that uh, they might cause some problem, and because I'm not very familiar with nature, better safe than sorry. Based on the nature check that you rolled before, you do know that they are edible and that they are prized for the blue goop, which can be used as a dye or even an ink if it is properly refined. Oh, in which case I will take quite a few. Do you know what these are, Larsa? Uh, yes, yes, Farron. Um, these are quite useful, uh, good for... Can we eat them? Well, yes, yes, but but also ink and, and dyes. And these are very nice, I would like to collect quite a few. These inks can be quite rare. Oh, I'll take some and I'll make a, a soup out of it. Oh, um, yes, we, we, we could eat them as well, I suppose. Um, yes. Especially as pork's not on the menu anymore. Oh, yes, that is very strange. Uh, do, 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 um, do, do they typically travel with pigs? Is that, is that normal? Is it? Golly, do all things travel with anything. Well, I, I suppose I had heard that. Um, <clears throat> but... Uh, uh, well, to be honest, they rarely travel. Oh, well. They're found in the dankest of caves or sewers. Where are you from? Oh, uh, well... Uh, oh, you're going to be from the forest, aren't you? You haven't got sewers. Well, no. As a matter of fact, I, I come from the, the seaside. Um... But, but no, no, they don't have sewers around there. They didn't have gully dwarves or re- really anybody but myself and my father. Well, Andrea's probably seen one around. Got plenty of gully dwarfs and Palanthus. Oh, uh, do, do you know the, the gully dwarfs well, Anwar? I Have you seen them travel with pigs like this before? I'll be honest, I have not spent much time around a gully dwarf very interesting to see and smell one up close. Speaking of small people, I did you see where has that uh... Am I hearing any of this conversation? Yes, unless they were making an effort to be quiet, the space that you're in is pretty small and their voices are echoing. I would have gone out of my way not to say something like that that would have been like potentially offensive. Fair enough. In in front of somebody who is clearly the friend of yeah, good, the stinky good one. Point. Good point. We'll say that you are at one end of the crevice and the rest are at the other end. Okay. But in point of fact, as uh, you are standing there with Blip, as Blip continues to pet dinner, Tulian Haxos climbs up to you and I think I heard them say your name was Manto. Do you have a house name? Uh, well, we don't really have house names. Uh, that is mostly for the upper class. Uh, but my my surname is Bubulina. Manto Bubulina. I trust that I can count on your help in keeping the Crown Prince safe. Yes. These people seem they seem a good lot, and I I have spent a bit of time with the one-armed fighter and the half-elf, but the others I do not know. They are all strangers to me. I will rely on you as a son of Gwynedd to protect the future of our noble ruler's line. Of course, I am honored to put my sword 
through your service. He nods, satisfied. Goes back over and stands with Jarvan and begins to check him over and show him how he can tie his clothes a little tighter, more appropriate for travel or climbing. Tulian, I see nothing of identifying nature on this assassin. Do you have any idea who they are, what they wanted? None at all. I could tell by their voices and uh, their skin that they're not from Urgoth, but who they are, who they're working for, and why they are here is obvious. They wanted to murder the Imperial family. That's insane. And, and Talking about the prince, can I check you over, son? Are you okay? Have you been hurt at all? You're the dwarf they named Farin, right? I am, yes, sir. We met at dinner. I think I'm all right. You're all in one piece. Come and see me if you ain't. We'll look after you. Unless the pig gets you. <laughs> he snorts and makes a wry face. And about this time, Teely returns. I emerge my head from the crack in the wall. Cup both my hands together. Oh, new friends! Over here! Oh, good. You're not dead, then. No. What have you found, Teely? I have... Drumroll, please. A crack in the wall! And I extend my hands to show it off. But not only is it just any crack in a wall, it leads somewhere incredible, somewhere beautiful, somewhere with steps. Teely, get to the point. Well, I, I, basically, I think it might lead to a way out. But I can't see. It's too dark in there. There are some friends in here, though, that, you you know, if we give them some food, they leave us alone. They're like these cute little uh, rat puppies. I like them. Rat puppies. Oh, yeah, they're lovely. Don't have to worry about them. Rat puppies. Hmm. Rat puppies. Anybody who feels so inclined can make a nature check with the word rat puppies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to assume with minus one nature I'm going to have no idea six total uh, with an at one I'm quite familiar with these <laughs> rat puppies yep <laughs> rat puppies ugly dogs yes so it's a it's a chihuahua it's a chihuahua is what you're saying <laughs> it's just it's just a normal chihuahua yeah. right? how big are they do they what, do they bite oh no very cute they didn't bite me. Teely, can we all fit through the crack? I think so. The widest one here being Farron, and I think he'd be able to fit through. Uh, it may be wide, but it's pure muscle. I'm not trying to flex underneath the makeshift ring mail that I'm wearing. <laughs> Lead the way, little one. We will follow you. Follow me, guys. And as I head in, I speak as a tour guide. And right here, we have a slight left turning. And here is a... Oh, you guys are going to love this. This is the rat puppy nest. Just one second. I reach in and I pull out that final piece of rotten meat. I throw it off into the corner. Do you hear that? As you come around the corner now, you see that there are even more of these creatures as your food has summoned them. There are now at least a dozen, all moving around and roiling in a furry, 
clearly unsanitary. <laughs> they're, they're not clean creatures. They're, they're, they're far more rat than puppy, unfortunately. <laughs> Come and see now that there is a significant barrier to your progress as there is room for everybody to move through this crack, but not side by side. Only the person in the front who is right behind you. Possibly Farron, I imagine. Come on, everyone, pay up, pay the rat toll. Who is after Farron? Uh, I suppose I would follow after Farron. I would be behind you then, Lhasa. Okay, next. Then Blip and I would take up the rear. Jarvan would be taking up the rear, holding his nose and trying to stay back from you, Blip, and then in the very back would be Tulian. Farron, you see that there are quite a few of these rat puppies. They don't seem like they're going to go away with a single bit of meat. These ain't rat puppies. They're more likely going to eat you alive, girl. But they didn't. I unhinged the great club. <laughs> Have you named your great club, Farron? No. Farron Jr. <laughs> yeah, it's called Rat Smasher. The Hairy Throne. <laughs> Farron, no! Hang on, Farron. Manto, how loud of a noise can you make with your shield? Oh, quite a loud noise. For it is able to be heard across the gladiator pit, which is how they know I'm coming. Uh, would you like me to show you? Yes. Be my guest. Give me just one moment, please. I think that is a wonderful idea, and you should do it. But let me prepare something for afterwards, just in case. And I reach down to my component pouch and pull out a handful of sand, very fine white powder from a beach, and I say... Please, when you're ready, I'm as prepared as I can be. I place both my index fingertips into each ear and just wait. I take my short sword and my shield and I slam the short sword into the shield and you hear the echoing and the billowing of metal clashing on metal as it just rings through the cave. Lhasa, what, what were you preparing? Well, I had anticipated that uh, if the rats were not startled by this, that I might like to cast sleep on them. <laughs> oh, I see. Got it. I thought you were going to do something to augment the music, but in that case, the echoing does ring out, king, 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 down the crack in this little passageway, and the creatures do move back away from you. Make an intimidation check, Manto. Okay. Oh, not horrible. What is my charisma? Uh, 13. That's pretty good. You see a large amount of them scatter away, Farron and Teely, as the sound comes ringing up from behind. Almost all of them have fled. Now there's only the few stragglers remaining that remember the food. Come on, girl, let's go. Yeah, you stay over there, you filth. If I haven't thrown the last piece of spoiled food, I would do that now. Last piece of spoiled food is thrown. The creatures run after it, leaving the way clear for you, and you're able to move through this nest unimpeded, one after another, coming to the other side of it. Blip, as you pass with dinner, one of these creatures looks up and takes a step forward and hisses, and dinner looks at it and goes, <coughs> 
and it flees in absolute terror. And Dinner turns and puts his snout up in the air and trots past, looking very pleased with himself. I reach out and pet him. Yeah, that's right. They go. And as we come here, mind your step, and we are in the room. Rat puppies. You step... <laughs> That's the safe word. As you step into this wide open space with your torches and your candle, the light barely reaches the edge of this enormous cavern. Before you are stone steps obviously worked with great skill and care. The cavern walls to either side and, as far as you can tell, above you seem to be natural stone, or at least if they were worked stone, they are so destroyed with age or with simple destruction. Destroyed with the destruction? Why not? They have been ripped down. There is mostly rubble, so that it's difficult to tell whether or not this was a constructed room or it is a natural cavern. You stand at the foot of a very wide staircase. Looks to be, at first glance, about 30 feet wide. There are stones and debris in the middle of it, on the sides of it. You can see it leads to an even larger space up ahead than the one you currently stand in. I will look to see if there are any threats in this new space. Make a perception check. I would also like to do it having dark vision. Okay. An 11. Oh, I rolled a dirty 20. Okay. Anybody else have? I would like to look and see now with the new light in this room, if there are any goodies laying around. All right. So an investigation check from Teely, a perception check from Anwir, which was an 11, and Farron rolled a dirty 20. What is your investigation check, Teely? 19. 19. All right. Farron, your dark vision does not help with seeing so much as there are two torches out. But you can see that there seem to be two statues at the top of this staircase, both of which are nearly completely destroyed. All that is left really is the bases upon which they stood, but you can still see that they were statues. They have fallen down large pieces of, you see an arm and a head and a torso amongst the rubble. Teely, your investigation check. There is nothing of particular interest looking around. You don't see anything glinting in the light on the staircase where you are. The rubble, looking at it, you think it's been here for quite some time. This is not an effect related at all to the collapse of the Teatro Spire. This is something that has rested here. These stones here in the middle of this staircase have rested here for a very, very long time. And as you step, you create a small puff of dust in the staircase. Also, with your investigation check, you can see in the dust, moving downwards on the stairs, back towards the way you came, a set of pig-sized hoofprints. Oh, I, um... Blip, I think your pig might have been here before us. Is... His name is Dinner. Dinner, yes. Not, not Pig. Okay, Blip, your, your Dinner was here before us. <laughs> <laughs> and you broke the game. <laughs> uh, he, 
He he's he wander. He he find. Oh, he wander, Mararamja. What? <laughs> Mararamja. It means good wonder. I stare at her, completely confused, and reach up and scratch my head. I shrug, and I'll approach dinner and scratch him under his chin. You go. You show. <laughs> Dana? Looks up at you, grinning. No! <laughs> go! Sits down. Dana! And I stomp my foot. Lies down. You go! Upstairs! You go! Rolls over on his back. No! No scratch! <laughs> That's a rat puppy right there. <laughs> Dina, no! No no scratch! Go upstairs! You lead! Make an animal handling check. I kick him. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> With the animal handling check. Oh, that is a beautiful, beautiful four. So you kick dinner and his good nature just evaporates as he's going. (laughs) 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 Stands up slowly, turns away from you, giving you his backside and walks over and stands next to Tilly and sits down. Oh, hell no. I'm just happy you pet the pig. I stomp over to dinner angrily, forcefully place both my hands on each side of his face and yank his muzzle right to my nose. We are nose to nose, pressed against each other. Dinner, you lead. Go. He seems unmoved by your protestations. I'm just gonna... I'm just gonna head up there. I leave you to it. No brush. I can see the vein in the side of her head's about to pop. <laughs> I am furious with dinner. And I am just trying not to laugh out loud because I have seen this happen so many times before. Dinner just gets in moods where she doesn't want to do anything and it always makes Blip mad, but it's quite adorable to watch. <laughs> What about if you threaten that dinner will become dinner? Will he do it then? I look over at Farron and glare at him. You no touch. You dinner. Oh. And I go back to nose pressed to nose with dinner. Just muttering and grumbling. Having your moment. Are they partners? Hey, but be careful when pulling him. If you pull too hard, he'll become pulled pork. Da, 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 da. I, oh my god. I quit. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> and Teely falls off the stairs, never to be seen again. <laughs> and the Kender was never heard from again. <laughs> Strangest thing I've ever seen. Boots flew off, hit her in the neck three times on the way down. Never seen anything like it. <laughs> oh, yes. To victory. So. At the bottom of these steps. Hypothetically, the Kender could ride dinner, right? Denied. Access denied. Error 404. File not found. <laughs> just put that out there. <laughs> I don't know why I keep trying to get back control. I'll just sort of let you guys keep going. 
You knew how much fun having a pig in the group would bring. Oh, yes. I'm going to shake my head at this scene, and I'm going to walk up the stairs. Did you say you found some tracks there, dear? Uh, yes, some uh, pig-shaped little feet. Um, some little trotters? <laughs> yes. Let me have a look, and I will try to track them. Now that they've been drawn to your attention, they're pretty obvious. You could see some other tracks in and amongst the dust, probably created by the tiny feet of the rat puppies. <laughs> really, nobody will hold a, a high nature. No? Okay, fair enough. Rat puppies, they stay as you are able to climb up. But I will ask for a survival check as you reach the top. What is my forte? Oh. I rolled a seven, it's a twelve. I will assist you. Oh, you assisted me? Is that too late or? Oh, all right, or I can I can do one my own. You can do one on your own. You're not friends enough yet. Fair. I also rolled a twelve. Eleven. Okay. So as Farron, Anwir, and Manto reach the top of the steps, you gaze out into the darkness. The light of the torches gives you a understanding of this area. The floor that you're standing on is clearly worked flagstone. But as far as the rest, similarly to below, it is natural cavern. You can see elements of structure, walls, statuary, a couple of structures that look like fountains. But the roof is a cavern. Directly in front of you, right at the edge of the staircase, is a large promontory of rock, actually like a rock slide that has moved down from directly in front of you, coming down a great distance, several hundred feet, a massive amount of rock and mud and clay that has moved into this area, bifurcating it. You can see that on either side of it, in the darkness, there appear to be structures that are completely covered in dirt and rock and mud, but their entrances appear to be open. You see two to your left and two to your right. You are now standing between the two ruined statues on either side of you. Well. Can I take a closer look at the statues, DM? Same here. Yes, I would like to do the same. Sure, I will allow a perception check or a history check, your choice. Perception for me, I think. My perception is a 24. Mine's a dirty 20 again. Did anybody use a history check? The history is going to be 18. 18. All right. May I? Go ahead, Tilly. I don't know if this would be history, but would this remind Teely of Slippy Keep? I'll allow you to make a history check as well. I don't think that's very good. That is five. Not at all. It's all dust and dry. Slippy Keep is fun and wet and slippery. Which is not to say that you couldn't have fun here, but it certainly wouldn't be the same kind of fun as Slippy Keep. Understandable. History check. Lhasa, looking at these two, they appear to be personages of some import. Do you happen to also be a student of religion? I do not have it as a trained skill, unfortunately. 
looking at these two and how prominently they're displayed and the obvious craftsmanship of the stonework, you think they were probably depictions of the gods. Which gods, it's difficult to tell, but you could definitely see that they're pre-cataclysmic in that you haven't seen anything like them or heard of anything like them anywhere that you've ever been or any books that you've ever studied in terms of present day. Oh, oh this is amazing. Farron, Farron, these, oh, these, these predate the cataclysm. They, they, they must, oh, they must be gods. I, I, I can't tell you which, but, but look at this. This is the kind of craftsmanship you will not see the like of in this age. Oh, absolutely. I squint my eyes and look. Can I detect what religion they may be? What gods they may be? Sure, make a religion check. He's uh, not really that first, but oh, that's a 16 on the dice. 17. You look and along with Anweir's perception check, which is able to detect a broken lyre that was meant to be held in the hand of the statue on the left. With 16, you think it has something to do with art. You believe that that one was a depiction of the god Ranchala. I think that one's Ranchala, boy. Anweir, both the statues seem to be depicting male individuals, but the one on the right, something odd about the arm and its hand. Looking at it closely, you can see that there is tubing that has been revealed by the shattering of the stone. The statue itself appears to have been worked of marble or some other hard stone, but the arm appeared to have been made of some sort of clay or plaster, and there was a copper tube that went up through the middle of it and came to the palm of the hand, which was meant to be upright as if holding something. When you say a tube, does that mean that it was serving as a fountain at one point? Did it look like the tubing carried liquid or that would certainly be one way to interpret what you've seen, but looking at it carefully, you don't think it was a fountain, as you can see scorch marks on the palm of the hand around the aperture where the tube extends. I'm going to try to investigate from a distance in case it is still active for the purpose of seeing if the mechanism could still produce flame or is still a threat. Sure, make an investigation, Jack. That's a 12. From the distance that you're standing, I'd say about 15 feet away. Mm -hmm. Without some very specialized equipment, you can't think how you could possibly do anything to affect it from 15 feet away or even see anything that looks like an on switch or a lever. However, it looks very old and undisturbed. The dust around it appears to have not been moved by any sort of creatures or dinner. Um, it has been given wide berth. It appears to be completely inert, as far as you can tell. Hmm. When Farron mentioned the statue, did he say out loud the deity, Branchala? Yeah. Okay. Upon hearing that, I head over to the statue he's examining. Okay. No. No. Why would someone break this? Probably just the rubble that's fallen from the ceiling, my dear. Oh, no, I, I can say with certainty it couldn't have been that. This damage predates anything that we did. <laughs> I begin scraping the 
pieces that have broken off together and in a almost sad childish attempt of trying to put it back together this broken statue it's in the unusualness of a sad kinder are you alright my dear you seem moved I'm just frustrated I don't get why someone would destroy something like this this is a symbol of joy of happiness why would anyone want to damage that you need to remember that everybody hated the gods well the humans did they blamed the gods, remember? But, but then again, uh, it, it could be simple disuse. I, I mean, who knows how long these have been here. It, it could have been an accident. True. You say pre-cataclysm, right? Oh, easily. <laughs> There's, uh, I mean, just look at the evidence. You can tell by this. You see it, any girl. A cataclysm split the continent. It broke away islands. Don't get yourself down. You're right. Plus, there are much nicer statues of him now. Give it time, there will be, yes. And Farron. Yes, Anria. The statue. I believe there was fire emerging from this hand at some point. Does that help you identify who this one was? Fire. I rack my brain. Based on your previous religion check, this was likely Syrian, the god of inspiration and transformation, known as the Flame. This is one of the gods of neutrality. Syrian. I'm pretty sure of it. For statues like these, what kind of temple would house them? Where do you think we might be based on what it is that you see? Make a history check. Let me see here. Anwir, you rolled a 24 on your perception, correct? I did. So there's something familiar, taking you a moment to put your finger on it. But as Farron has a think, you look at the flagstones beneath your feet and you look back at the staircase coming up. It bears a striking resemblance to some of the architecture around the Teatro Spire. I'm trying to think of what I might understand from that knowledge. Just something to file away. Farron. I rolled a natural one, so that's a zero. You have no idea. Certainly no temples to any old gods that you have ever heard of, and if you needed more evidence, here it is. If this is a temple to the old gods, it's most definitely pre-cataclysm. I'm afraid, boy, my history is not the best. Well, to be honest, oh, it's my religion. But then, who knows much about the old gods these days? Perhaps we should keep moving forward. Manto, I will allow you to also make a history check since you are a citizen of Gwynedd. Okay. That is... Where is history? Oh, hey! That's a... Well, it's a minus one, so it's a 19 minus one is a 18. Well, you have certainly heard of the Tuscanville Conservatory which was the crown jewel of the city that became Gwynedd, Tuscanville. Tuscanville was destroyed during the Cataclysm, and due to the legend of the emperor at the time sacrificing himself to the gods, the majority of the city was spared, and instead of being destroyed by tidal waves, it was merely split. 
but the large majority of the conservatory fell off the face of Kryn. The only thing that remained was the Teatro Spire. Supposedly, the conservatory had a place for all manner of arts and artists. You seem to have stumbled upon it. Hi, BDM here, Mr. Eager DM, and that brings us to the end of this, our 10th episode. On behalf of the cast and production crew, thank you. Thank you so much for the incredible support you've shown our little podcast. Nearly 10,000 downloads and still going strong. There's plenty more story to come, and we're excited for the opportunity to bring it to you. We hope it's obvious how much fun we're having making this, and your positive feedback is icing on the cake. If you've been enjoying our podcast and you'd like to buy the cast and crew a cup of coffee to show your appreciation, we'd love to take you up on it. Head on over to coffee.com. That's www.ko-fi.com slash lawfulstupidrpg to show your support. Thanks again. And until next time, as Sularis Othbithas. Farewell. This has been a Lawful Stupid RPG production.